Hi, welcome to the Total Fit Boss Chick Podcast. I'm your host, Brittany Parks, and joining me today is Stormy Andrews, co-founder of Yokel Local, an award-winning digital marketing agency. He is a masterful communicator who brings his unique skill set to his audience by effectively uncomplicating the complicated world online marketing. Today, we're discussing why businesses should think of their business as digital employees, how to fix the reason why most businesses end up wasting time and spending too much money in marketing, and how you can change the game by understanding your customer journey. Life is too short, trying to run a business and balance what you love. I'm your host, Brittany Parks, a former corporate marketing drone and certified life coach turned mompreneur who got fed up with the mom guilt that comes from trying to have the perfect work-life balance. Why can't we have a fit life and a fit business? I'm here to make it easier to be your own boss and enjoy your life. Tune in every Thursday for new episodes. We're going all in with interviews with industry leaders, entrepreneurs, risk takers, coaches, and side hustlers, along with solo episodes with yours truly to provide actionable tools, tactics, processes, and even case studies so you can discover how to create, maintain, and or grow a total fit lifestyle you deserve. You're listening to the Total Fit Boss Chick Podcast. Welcome to the show, Stormy. Brittany, I am jazzed and pumped to be here with you today. (laughs) Thank you so much. Now, I have to say this. You have got all of these awards and you are doing it there in Las Vegas. Since we have you, we're not going to waste any time trying to figure out all of the backstory and all of the ways that you have really gotten there because we want to get there. So we need to know from you the real, we need to know why do you say that all businesses should think of their business as digital employees. Yeah, because too many businesses don't. I I see businesses all the time, they go get themselves a website or they start putting some things up on social media and they're treating that stuff nothing more than a billboard. If you're lucky, they treat it as a billboard. But the way I see it is this, oftentimes your website, right? It's, Mm -hmm. it's It's the first interaction that strangers are going to have with your brand. Prior to websites, that would have been a salesperson that's representing mm-hmm. your company or it would have been a receptionist. But if we think of it, or if you think of it in terms of that's the very first interaction, wouldn't it make sense to have that employee trained to communicate to the person in the way that they want to be to com- communicated to? It's difficult to do that if you don't treat it as an employee because you won't give it the necessary training or the necessary understanding of who your ideal client is. So now it becomes this mismatch and you end up with nothing more than a fancy overpriced digital business. Wow. That is so true. So how do you say we should, what should we do to get around that? So you, you got to understand your customers better than your competitors. And, and, and that's really the secret to being able to outsmart your competitors is really understanding, documenting the pain points and the struggles and the issues, the journey of your ideal clients. And when you document it, then you can start creating messaging that will resonate with people that are on that type of journey that are experiencing uh, particular emotions. And you transfer that knowledge to your website. So if you're the, you know, the business owner, you're the person in charge of marketing for the business, you have to get someone who's who has an intimate knowledge and understanding of the pain points and the struggles that your customers go through. So this way you can transfer that knowledge to your social media messaging, to your website, to any type of advertising or marketing that you do. 
and it resonates. We're emotional creatures. And how are you going to create an emotional message if you haven't spent the time of documenting the emotions that your customers go through when they're on their journey looking for your goods and services? We're just going to dig all into this, Stormy. Okay. We're going to. So, what would you say if I'm trying to produce some content? Say I'm trying to come up with a nice, strong funnel for my customer and small business, and maybe it's just me or maybe I have a little bit of help. What would you say would be the best way to get that message out to my customer? So the first thing I would recommend you do is slow down, put the brakes on, take a deep breath. And the, the reason I wrote the book, The World's Best Buyer Persona System, is because that's the foundation of any of your marketing messaging. Sometimes we have pressure that we got to get something out. So we get busy. We're like, okay, let me get this out. Let me do something. And now you have a piece of content that doesn't perform because it doesn't connect with your ideal client. And it doesn't connect because you were rushing and you felt the pressure to rush and get this delivered so you can move on to the next task because you're busy. You know what I mean? Mm, so sometimes yes. because you're slammed and you're busy, you end up with what I like to call a series of half-built bridges. And and so what's a half-built bridge? Let's say if you put out that content that you've already that, that you've always put out. Well, did, did you get the job done? Yes. Can you put a check mark in the box? Yes. But is that bridge and remember, this is a bridge that you want your customers to be able to cross over to do business with. Is that bridge sound? Chances are no. And you have lots and lots of these half-built bridges all over the place. And usually it's because you haven't been able to put the time, energy, and effort into one project. So you have 20 projects that are out there working because it, it made you feel good because you get to put the check in the checkbox. When you slow down and you build a world's best buyer persona, let me tell you how this helps you in, in that regard. When you can document who your ideal client is, when you can document their triggering events, why they're wanting your goods and services now versus six months from now or, or six months ago, when you can document their trials and tribulations and document their action beliefs, what do they believe will happen if they're going to do business with you and you are the right solution versus taking inaction? Being able to document what gives you the authority to be able to provide a solution to your ideal prospects. When you're able to, to, to document that, put it into a story narrative. Now, when you go to produce, your content's going to have so much more emotion and it gives you the ability of producing this piece of content that is produced from the lens of your customer not the lens of the business owner or the person that's looking at it from your perspective. And they're totally different. That's just a huge mistake that I see so many organizations run into. They produce content, which is great if they were buying their goods and services. But I believe the goal is, is to get for them to get their customers to buy their goods and services. And mm -hmm. it's just tough to do if you haven't gone through the process of properly of, of slowing down and properly documenting who your ideal client is. So something, Brittany, when it comes to marketing, I, I break marketing into eight different areas. Do you mind if I share those with you? Please do. So here's the eight areas because marketing can be overwhelming. And what I recommend that people do when they come to seek my counsel is to do a self-assessment. And the first area would be awareness, meaning that if I'm a stranger to your brand is what I would say to them, would your brand be aware? Would I become aware of your brand when I start my journey? of looking for your goods and services. How would you rate that? What grade would you give yourself? Would it be an a, a B, an F? What's the grade? And then once they do a self-analysis there, then I recommend them do the same self-analysis on their engagement or people engaging with whatever they happen to be doing now. 
And then from engagement, then there's lead generation. What's happening in regards to lead generation? Is it working? Is it not working? Are you thrilled with it? And we have what? Awareness, engagement, lead, genera- you know, and lead generation. Then there's conversion optimization. Are the leads you generating, whether it's a high number or a low number, are they converting into customers? What does that look like? Then there's something called wow, meaning that once someone decides to do business with you, are you taking the opportunity to wow them, to reduce their tension, to make them feel like that they've chosen the company to do business with? And then from there, the next area is something uh, that I call the customer ladder. How good are you at turning your customers into clients and advocates into raving fans? That requires a process. What does that look like? And then from there, we have reviews and then referrals. And if we think about those eight areas and when someone does a self-assessment on those eight areas, usually they have half-built bridges in all of those areas. But usually one of those areas, if they were to focus on and complete the bridges that they already have in place or maybe put other bridges in place, usually it's one of those areas they're, they're, they're just not doing that good. But if they were to focus on that particular area, it would have the greatest impact to their business. And I would recommend what work on your persona. And then if, if you understand your ideal customer with the greatest amount of clarity, it gives you the ability of impact, whatever that particular area that you identified and, and have a measurable impact and effect to attract more of the customers you're looking for and, and generating customers from scratch. Did I just take us on a tangent, Brittany, because sometimes I tend to do that. No, I'm so glad that you did because I see it very similar to the same way. I see it, there's that glance. I see it more like a relationship. Then you get the phone number and you're chatting and then then you go on from there. Then hopefully you go have a lasting marriage. And that's the same way that I see things. Now, here's a great question for you, Stormy. And I'm so glad that you can answer it so well. (laughs) No pressure. Here's where I think that some of us may get a little bit caught up in the very beginning. How do we know what they want to even start to get a glance? What are we putting out there? What are we doing? How are we, how should we communicate to find out what it is that they want for us to even look at us? Absolutely. That's a great question, Brittany. And if we think about it in those relationship terms, right? In relationship terms, if we want to get a glance, we want to make sure that we're if we're standing in line in Starbucks, hopefully we're put together well. And right. <laughs> so you can grab the glance of the person you want to grab the glance from. And but when it comes to the, the world of digital, and if we think about once we've gone through the exercise of documenting the pain points, the struggles, the issues that our clients go through, that our, our potential prospects and, and customers and clients go through, then we think about their journey. And, and, and their journey starts with an awareness. There's basically three stages that I think of when it comes to a buyer's journey. There's the awareness stage, the consideration stage, and the decision stage. Once we understand who they are, and we understand that some of them are in the awareness stage, meaning that they've just become aware that they have a pain point or a problem, and they're at the beginning of that research. And what can you do? What resources can you provide? What type of messaging would be beneficial to that person in that research stage where they don't want the sales pressure? Going back to the relationship, can you imagine if I got the glance from the beautiful lady in line at Starbucks. And then two minutes later, I'm on my knees proposing to her. They're probably <laughs> going to call the cops on me. And that's not the, the way it works. And when it comes to human intimacy, there, there are like 12 stages of human intimacy. And oftentimes in business, we want to skip those stages. And that's not a good thing. You get yourself in trouble that way. If we understand that someone's in the awareness stage, how do we start that conversation and be helpful to them? That's exactly what you do without proposing. What are the questions, what types of questions and pain points might they be experiencing? And then what type of resources can you provide them to help them along the buyer's journey? 
Then the next stage would be the consideration stage where they're considering the various alternatives that are available to them as it pertains to their pain of the issues that they're dealing with. So now if you think about your business, what type of resources can you provide to those individuals? Once again, maybe without the sales pressure, but maybe at this stage, maybe you give them the ability to request a consultation. That's, hey, do you wanna go on a date? Well, let's see if we like each other. We mm-hmm. move it a little bit further along, but you can't force them on the date with you or saying, if you don't do this, you gotta, you're gonna date me like it or not. No, you provide Yeah, resources. that'd be something else. <laughs> that would be something else. Once again, you're getting yourself in trouble and you're going to jail. So right. you know what? The two things you don't wanna do, you don't wanna go into jail by proposing to someone too early in Starbucks and you don't wanna to go to jail by forcing someone to go on a date with you. So you provide the resources to where they're like, you know what, I like this cat. And I like the resources. So now, yes, I'm, I'm willing to maybe go on a date, not marriage, but a date to see if this works out. You provide resources to help them. And then it's the decision stage. This is your opportunity to either A, propose to them, or if you're really good at it, they're going to propose to you and say, I want to buy your goods and services. And that's because you've provided such an extraordinary, as it pertained to them, their pain points, their issues, their struggles, that you end up in this scenario where they couldn't imagine marrying anyone else. They couldn't imagine doing business with anyone else because you were thinking about being a resource and a help to them without that undue sales pressure. Did I answer that question, Brittany? Yes, you did. And I'm so glad that you did because we are going to get deeper into your head because you are a HubSpot certified trainer. So we are going to get as much as we can out of this podcast because you have gotten all what works and what doesn't work. So Stormy, as we continue to go down this road, what are certain things that you've learned as being, as you've spoken on countless platforms and to tons of different people around the world, what are some of the key things that you know of that really moves the needle for, let's say in particular, a small business, what moves the needle that you know of outside of the things that we just discussed? So outside the things, well, the it's, if you're going to build, so let's say a small business, all too often in a small business, the I'm going to tell you what doesn't work and then we'll lead into what works Mm -hmm. if that's okay. Because all too often with, with small businesses and and big businesses alike, it's, it's the rush to put to get something done and it's done without intention. Then what happens when it's done without intention, without as good of a message as it can possibly be, they, and it doesn't work. And because it doesn't work, they move on to the next squirrel or the next shiny object. Mm -hmm. And they put just as much energy and effort into that and and sometimes it's a lot of work but they they, because they didn't understand who their customer was and they didn't have the intention to do it the right way they do it again and then that doesn't and then the next thing doesn't work well now all of a sudden that business says what paid ads on google that doesn't work you know what facebook doesn't work having a website doesn't work and that's not a true statement it doesn't work for them because they didn't do it right or they did it they didn't put the energy and effort into it. So now the next stage, they say, okay, it didn't work. So Stormy, I'm going to go hire an agency. And then the mistake that happens with the agency is they share their frustrations, the agency or the employee within, or they hire an employee. And then the business owner says, okay, I've been doing it myself. That didn't work. And someone says that the, the platforms work. I was doing it wrong. So they hire someone. And when they hire someone, the expectation is that person understands their business as well as they do. So they give them 10 minutes of onboarding and they're like, okay, go for it. Do what you need to do. Do this Facebook (laughs) thing. Do this paid ad things. Do this website thing. 
there hasn't been an adequate time in regards to the transfer of knowledge. And because the business owner is the expert, they know their business, they know their customers better than anyone else. And they feel that this person understands the platform and they're just going to be able to magically uh, do something. Unfortunately, the marketing agency or the person doesn't push back and say, hey, you know what, we've got to take our time, we've got to get this transfer of knowledge. Or maybe they don't even know how to get the transfer of knowledge. So one of the big mistakes that I see that just doesn't happen is the transfer of knowledge about your business, about your customer mm -hmm. from the business owner to the person who's supposed to execute. So that when that piece is missing, usually the marketing campaigns doesn't miss. So to answer your question, the transfer of knowledge is absolutely key. It needs to be documented. And then when you have that transfer of knowledge, it allows you to have more effective campaigns because paid ads, that's one of the most effective means out there. And, and understanding that, hey, if I'm running Google paid ads, you just can't throw money at it. You have to have a message that's different than everyone else. Because typically what happens regardless of the industry, and if you look at paid ads, everyone has the same message. They're saying the same thing. You're just the luck of the draw. But if you can study what the other ads are saying and find a unique value proposition that's totally different, it puts you in a position that is where you're not competing with everyone else because no one has messaging that compares to yours. That leads to having a unique value proposition in the marketplace. What sets you apart? What makes you different? When you say that, if I were to ask you what sets your business apart from someone else and you say something like, we provide fantastic or the, mo the best customer service, that's not a unique value proposition because if I were to ask your competitors, they would say the exact same thing. Unless your competitors say we provide very poor customer service. Okay, then maybe <laughs> that is a unique value proposition. But usually when I speak to people and I ask them what sets them apart or do that exercise today, write on a piece of paper, what truly sets you apart from your competitors as you write those on a piece of paper, ask yourself, can your competitors, right, wrong, or indifferent, can they say or will they say the exact same thing? If they can or they do, well then that's not unique. You just have a so what me too statement that everyone else in the market is saying and would make, which makes you no difference than everyone else in the market. And if you're a small player, if, if bigger players, they've got more money, they can run more ads, they can put more money in your marketing dollars. So you're at an even greater disadvantage. Okay. So this is why you were in the top 50 tech visionaries by intercom. This is why you're there. Okay. Stormy. So that is so powerful. And that means so much because that's where so many of us are, where we have done this and we've done that. But just stepping back, just like what you said, is transferring that information because we are so busy and we just feel like, okay, you know what I know now. And that's just not true. And I think that is so powerful for us to step back and realize. And all of this is in Stormy's book, guys. The link to his book will be in the show notes, and we will discuss the book again in just a little bit. But Stormy, please tell us, because you are a member of the Forbes Agency Council, and right. you frequently contribute to Forbes, for them to take what you have to bring to them, that means that you have what they want. How right. can we, as smaller companies, bring to Forbes something that would be of interest to them and bring value to their audience or an audience of any publication? How can we actually pitch ourselves to viable, strong publications? Perfect. In, in that scenario, you have two audiences there in that scenario. You have the person, whatever the publication may be, I'll use Forbes. There's someone at Forbes that makes the decision in regards to publish your content or not. Is that a fair statement? Yes. 
And that person has certain pressures. If they're going to bring in a new person, they have to make a safe decision, especially a new person that no one's ever heard of. So safety is a major concern in regards to their motivation. And with that, they want to make a, a safe decision in regards to the person, their reputation, the content that they're going to share with their audience because their reputation, their own personal reputation is on the line. So understanding that's a persona that you have to pitch your message to and understanding what would be important to that person. So this first sale is to that person to get them to know and trust you and understanding their pain points, their struggles, and just thinking about it. Let's say if you're like, oh, I don't know their pain points and their struggles of an editor sitting inside of Forbes. We can imagine that there's probably pressure in regards to putting out good content, reliable and trusted content to their audience. There's a pressure on them to, and there is pressure for them to find material from a wide variety of sources that would benefit their audience because their audience are the millions of readers of, or if it's a different publication, there are thousands or even hundreds of, of readers. So if you can craft a message that helps them understand that you understand their pain point, what they're looking for and what they need, and then how you can assist them along their journey because they do have one instead of a pitch all about yourself. And that's really where the difference is. If you were to pitch them about how you're the greatest thing since sliced bread and your, your mom tells you that you're, you're such a, an awesome person and <laughs> all these things that are about yourself, it's probably not going to get you to the finish line. But if you were to, and that's what everyone else is doing, by the way. So if you've spent the time where you're able to connect with them, where you're able to, to, to talk about their pain points, their struggles, their issues, and how you can help them along that journey, and then show them how you can help them along their journey and how you have a great understanding of their audience and the type of messaging that their audience is craving for, that puts you in a far superior position because you've made it about them. You didn't make it about yourself. Oh, yeah, that's good stuff. I definitely had to ask you that question because you bring so much value across so many different boards and uh, so many different levels. So in saying that, what would you say would be the greatest advice that you could give to a small business? Uh, and I, when I say small, I'm saying small in the sense that, you know, there's solopreneurs and then, then there's the small teams that's running. What would you say would be the best advice for anyone in those areas? One is evaluate what you're doing in your, your free time. Mm. Are you reading books or listening to audibles? I haven't been a reader my entire life and I don't remember who, but they shared the message. They were like, you know what, Stormy, there've been, this is one of my many mentors and I've had a lot of mentors throughout my, my life. But one of my mentors shared with me, they're like, well, Stormy, there's been a lot of incredible people that have walked this planet. And as a creature, we are so blessed that some of those individuals shared their experiences. They've shared their trials, their tribulations. They've shared just an incredible amount of knowledge in the form of books. And that knowledge is available to each and every one of us. All too mm -hmm. often, uh, we want to go through life saying, we've got this, we know what we're doing, and we charge forward. And that works sometimes. But if there is, and I don't even want to call it a shortcut, but that's probably the best word that I can think of right now. But if there's a shortcut to get you to the finish line, and that's basically finding someone that has done it, that has come before you, that have laid out what they went through. So this way you can potentially avoid some of those obstacles. And not only that, do it better than you would have done it on your own. They're available to you. These are individuals when they were walking the planet, let's say people would have spent millions of dollars to spend an hour. All you have to do is 
spend a few extra hours and, and read their writings because there's an incredible amount of knowledge, whatever kind of pain point struggles, issues that, that you've run into. There's some just great information. I used to be a consummate reader of books, but now just because of time, my car has turned into my university. I'm listening to audibles mm -hmm. all the time yes. and, and podcasts. There's just an incredible amount of knowledge. So the advice I would give is if you're not doing it, do it. And the other piece of advice I would give you, I'm talking in the world of marketing. Sun Tzu said it best. So who's Sun Tzu? Sun Tzu was a famous Chinese general of the book, The Art of War. But he says that strategy without tactics is the slowest route to victory. And tactics without strategy is the noise before defeat. Think about what you're doing. Are you applying the strategy without the tactics? Most likely, you have lots of tactics that are happening within your business without a real-world strategy. And Sun Tzu's already stated what that leads to. Yes. Oh my goodness, Stormy, you have given us so much, but of course we always want to go for a bit more. And this is our mentoring moments segment. And this is just where I will fire off a thought provoking question and you just give us a stormy answer because that's what we're looking for. So if you were to give yourself advice five years ago, what advice would you have given to Stormy Andrews? Besides buying Tesla stock? Right. Okay. So some of those investments are getting into blockchain. Okay. Uh, I'll leave those off the table since right. that, that's uh, probably not the answer that you're looking for. Five years ago, man, five years ago seems like yesterday to me. But if, can I go back a little further? Sure. If I were to go back, I am, how old am I? I'm 52. So if I were to go back into my 20s, the advice I would have given myself is, you know what, Stormy? Not only do you not know everything, you know nothing. Yes. Once you can embrace it, you know nothing is where the learning begins. I cannot tell you how much I'm in agreement with you. You are so right about that. You're right about the audibles. You're right about we know nothing. And once we start there and just realize how much we have to go and how much we have to grow, it's endless. And our knowledge and our happiness itself can just continue to grow because we don't feel like we're defeated already. There's still so much growth there. And that is so powerful. Stormy, oh my goodness. That every time you learn something new, it makes you realize that less. That's what I find. You know, yes. every, every year, <laughs> not every year, I, I go each year and I'm like, man, I know less and less the more I dive into topics, which is just incredible. Yeah. I was such a know-it-all in my twenties. And I was just like, oh, I know it all. And there's nobody could tell me anything. I may be able to get little nuggets from you, but yeah, I got it. I got it. And the older I get, the more I realize if I would have had this back then, if I would have known this back then, and then what else do I have to learn? And so you are so right. It's almost like I'm going backwards as far as realizing that I'm I, I know nothing at all. And I'm just like a baby trying to just learn as much as I possibly can and share what I am learning and know that there's so much more that I can grow from. Absolutely. Yes. Thank you so much, Stormy, for coming on the show. Now, everyone will definitely want to know how to get in touch with you and how they can be a part of your movement and definitely how to get their hands on your book. Now, I'm going to have the link in the show notes for how to contact you and to your book, but please let us know the best way you like to be reached out to. So here's what I'm gonna do. I'm, I'll make it easy for you, Brittany, and the audience. I've created a, a website called outsmarttools.com. 
So outsmarttools.com, what happens when you get there? The first link says, gives you a link to Amazon where you can buy the book. The second link gives you a link where you can go buy the Audible. I'd recommend the Audible. It's a lot of fun and there's a lot of added nuggets if you're an Audible person. And when you buy the book or the Audible, you get access to all the work. But here is a added bonus for you where you don't have to buy anything. Earlier, I talked about the eight areas of marketing where I have people do an assessment. I have something called the marketing success wheel. You can do a free assessment. I'll walk you through via video to help you grade yourself on all eight areas of the marketing to help give you clarity in regards to what you should and should not be focused on. It's just a phenomenal tool to help with your clarity to help you get to the next level in the next steps. And there will be a link there to Outsmart Tools, plus all my other links. If you wanted to reach out to me, everything is at outsmarttools.com. Thank you so much once again for coming on the show. Thank you so much for bringing so much. Absolutely. I enjoyed my time with you, Brittany. As always, thanks for listening. And if you got value out of the show, please show us some love and rate us by going to ratethispodcast.com backslash Total Fit Boss Chick. You're listening to the Total Fit Boss Chick podcast. Bye for now.